Hey, everybody, welcome back to episode number two of Face Value. This week, I'm excited. There's a lot going on. We had great numbers last week. In just a second, my man Abby joins us and leads us through the program. We got a special, special treat to start us off today on week number two of Face Value. And that's my man, Carmine. Carmine's going to let us rip and tell you what it's all about here on Face Value. So, Carmine, take it away. Yo. What's up, brother? What's up, brother? What do you yeah. got for me, man? On face value, what do you got for me? What's Delta Force without Chuck Norris? What's Bayside High without Zach Morris? What's a song without a chorus? The same thing as a wrestling ring without Hugh Morris. So listen to the chorus. To any girl who says this is boring, they say I'm slow like a tortoise. You just out of line, out of date like a tourist. Yo, you better get on this. I drop a dime like my man Avi Klein. Damn, that dude's in the grind. How many times does he do this? Five times a week. You hear that man speak all these shows on smoking grass. Who doesn't ill a podcast? Let me tell you, I'm a foul dude. I'll foul you. Avi and Bill, they keep it a face value. Let's build a mop. You know my scale's hot. You know you're not. You better chill because I'm here when you're not. I hit the spot. You must be dry rot from that pot. Go to sleep on the cot. I'm still going all day like Paca and Shot. Yeah. I bludgeon you with a broom. This is called Dungeon of Doom. Stop the chit-chatter. It's no laughing matter. This is not my fault. My man Bill's about to do the moonsault. And there's no debate. Nobody can move like that dude at that weight. That's mad oppressive. You dudes are depressives. Stop hating. Don't be a hater. Be a nice guy. Be like Glacier. You already know how we go. Yeah. And this guy's got mad names. He's General Erection, the man of question. He's the laughing man. I'm just a dude who's on acid, man. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Scandalous, you can't handle this. I'm glamorous. My dude's from Paramus, New Jersey, with Johnny Rods. I'm Carmine Rizzo, and I'm just a slob. That was his trainer. I'm here the game, y'all. Carmine on the mic. Who do you know in Sana? Let's go to the podcast real quick. You know, we sick. We got, we got who's doper than Paul Roma? Yeah, we got the whole crew. All of my dudes. All week long, this is how it goes. Welcome to the show. If you don't know, now you know. I'm here to bust a rhyme, drop the dime. I'd be here every week, but I'm on married time. So I better pass this off to Avi Klein. Boom. God. Could not have said it better myself. Greek philosopher Plato said, wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools speak because they have to say something. As everyone who tuned in for the debut episode of Face Value knows, and to those that are privy to the very essence of my co-host, each and every Tuesday know the following. This man represents the former, not the latter. When he speaks wisdom, it's the foundation of his message that comes across. He does not mince words, nor does he waver from honesty for even a millisecond. I'd like to welcome my fellow Jersey buddy and co-host here on Face Value, Bill DeMott. How's it going, Bill? Man, what's happening, brother? I'm doing well on this Tuesday, my friend. I'm doing well. Tuesday's like my new favorite thing ever. <laughs> Why is like, that? Like ever. <laughs> what a greeting from Carmine. What a greeting. Then, what a... I'm sitting there going, what did you say? Oh, that was, yeah, there it is. Oh, that's I want to tell, I've never said this. I'm a very humble guy. But for my introduction to follow that, 
Even I said to myself, tough act to follow. Tough act to follow, Bill. Dude, I, I left here last week, and I just committed, like, the awfulest thing when I call someone dude. I think that's the worst thing ever. <laughs> so now I feel like I have to go beat myself up. Um, <laughs> I left here last week, and I said yeah. to my wife, I said, Avi gave me an introduction. One, half the words I've never even heard before. I appreciate that. Bill. But you have this... You have this delivery, dude, and you have this. I feel like now I, I told her I feel like I have to be smart again. Oh, you are. I learned, a lot, I learned a lot last week, just the knowledge. And again, the pearls of wisdom, the people were messaging me, telling me Bill was just giving us so much information about a vast array of topics. Oh, my goodness. I thought, I thought man, he – like I didn't think anybody could do that to me again, make me, uh, you know, lack of a better word, speak, think, you know. Because most of the time you start to get into your into your own world and you do your thing. And right now, you know, my world's in front of the computer and I deal with certain people. Sure. And I, you know, and you can turn it on and off when you want and that kind of thing. And then last week with you, I was like, he got me. I like, appreciate he got that. me thinking all the time again now, man. So, first of all, thank you so much for episode one. Likewise. It, likewise. It was a blast. I, nothing but great feedback from people like, you know, it's funny when people go, where's that been for so long? And I'm going, what? But just two guys yeah, talking and, and like you said, hopefully we drop a little knowledge and, and sure. a little up, up opinion and, and, and have some fun in the meantime. But I'm I'm excited, man. Episode two. Likewise. The other thing is, right, it's like that sophomore record. You don't want yeah, them to be bad. So it's I, like, ah. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. That's what we do here. We have conversations, not interviews. But, man, you brought so much to the table. I'm, I'm really excited. Tuesdays are really Special day for me as well. And I'm not going to run down and do any of the plugs yet. And, guys, I will shout you out in a minute. But first, I'd like Bill to have – he closed the show last week with something that's really, really near and dear to his heart. Uh, there's a certain foundation. I'd like you to open the show up if you want. Uh, please just – yeah, if you could bring that up, Bill. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we, we had the opportunity, and thank you. Anytime we get to – I feel like there's certain times and places to talk about the foundation. I do my best to try to separate myself from it. But – um my my daughter, I have three kids. I'm a Jersey guy. Um, I have three kids. Um, on October 10th of 2015, my my middle daughter, Carrie Ann, was um, hit head on by a multiple uh, DUI offender. For, for people who don't know what that means, he was a drunk driver. And he'd been caught as a drunk driver several times before. Um, and he was out there again. And uh, he took my daughter's life. Um, since that time, um, things stopped for me. Everything I've done for, I'm 54 now. Um, everything my wife had done up until that time, everything my oldest daughter, Carrie's sister, Casey, had done. Um, and my, my, my boy's young life at six years old at the time. Um, everything Everything kind of stopped for us. Um, so I had to find, uh, and I still search for it every day. To be honest, I search for meaning. Um, and, you know, what, what do you do? Because you're not supposed to uh, bury your kids and you're not supposed to lose your, your kids. And for everybody out there, you're not supposed to lose anyone in that, in that way. Uh, but uh, we started the foundation because we knew, we know who Carrie is and what she was going to do in life and, 
if nothing else, as her father, it's my job to make sure that she continues to do her her work. So we started the foundation, and 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 the base of it, the pillar, is drunk, impaired, and distracted driving. We come to find out so much more what Carrie was doing with her message. As I started speaking uh, around Florida, to begin with, was it's more it's the, it's the decisions these kids are making and decisions young adults are making and decisions adults are making and how those decisions affect more people than just themselves sure. and we we met kids who because of meeting carrie at the end of my presentation and i introduced carrie to the world and i always say you may not know my daughter before but you'll know who she is by the end and we had kids coming up to us and talking about being bullied or how they lost someone who from teen suicide um, to text messages to, well, if my parents are texting, why can't I? And to social media. And we sat, I came home and everything's a, 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 a huddle in my house. It's my daughter and, and Lacey, Lacey, my wife, my daughter, Casey, myself, and, and naturally my son. I sit and talk about what do we do? And she goes, you know what you're supposed to do. You, you, and I say this to people when I talk to adults, you don't go to someone who's never had a drink and talk about alcoholism. You don't go to someone who's never had a drug and talk to them about self-medicating. You don't go to someone who's pure and talk about sin. Right. And for anybody who's going to talk to these kids and to these people about bullying and social media and texting and, and drunken, impaired, and distract driving, my daughter put me on a path to do her work. And it's my, you know, when you see a six foot three, probably six foot two, six foot two, 350 pound man standing in front of you, it's different than reading statistics. These kids are getting the real, they're getting the real. And when that man breaks down in front of them, they understand that they're not being talked at, they're being talked to. And so I've been, I've been called to do this and I do this for my daughter until she's done, until she's, she's done what she's set out to do. And I'm trying to set my, my oldest daughter in, in pace. And we, we had a, a fantastic meeting today with a company we're going to work with to hopefully broaden the foundation. We started in a little place in in Central Florida. Gary Miller is a, this man, Gary Miller, is one of the top dogs in Florida in DUI and arrest. And he's a, not only a fantastic deputy, he's a, he's a man of Christ. He's a good family man. I love him to death. Gary Miller, along with many more law enforcement, have saved my life because they've given me a place to stand and talk. That's um, incredible. That's incredible. It's so we, so the long and short is we, we started here around town. We're out outwards over 60,000 students. I've been, the, I've been a head speaker at Xavier university. Um, we, we, we've been in the schools in Alabama. We've been in New Jersey. We're, we're trying to get to Iowa. We travel nationwide. And in between, we work, and now I will stand 
Uh, Lee, thank you. I promise I'm going to get you that information before we leave here today. Um, thank you for thinking of us that way. Um, sure. And now I stand in front. You know, I went from Hugh Morris, the laughing man, to making people laugh in tights, to standing on the Senate floor in Tallahassee, talking to our government leaders and what needs to be done. And I say this, I could not do what I'm doing if it wasn't for wrestling. Kevin Sullivan, along with so many others, and Vince McMahon, especially Vince, they taught you how to be in front of 20,000 people every night and, you know, be believable and, and deliver, you know, whatever, whatever people's comprehension of a promo is or sure. whatever your character is. You worked on your craft for all that time. And it took me all this time to realize that that 30 years, I was in the bullpen warming up because here's my job. Here's the real deal. Here's the, I need to sit in front of grown men who work in corporate America and, you know, I've had enough and they stop for two beers on the way home. I want them to get home. I need them to realize that that text message doesn't mean anything, that what they're doing is what their kids are going to do. And it's about time we stop getting on the kids about what they're doing. It's about time we jump on the adults a little bit. So we talk, I've been, I've been the guest speaker at the Seaman Safety Conferences in the Southeast. Right. And that's how big it's gotten, and I hope it grows. I want to be in front of the Major League Baseball teams, the football teams, these social media guys who are making millions of dollars, talent up the wazoo, and making decisions that ruin their lives. Not only that, what are you doing out at 3 o'clock in the morning getting called drunk driving? When you got the world by the balls. And that's what's relatable about your your cause and your purpose is that people can understand that when you just bring it down to the most rudinary basics and fundamentals, I want to piggyback off what you just said. What is somebody doing? Exactly. Everybody can relate to that last sentence that you just brought up. Everybody. What what are you doing? And so when you do, I think it's anything. And, and I say this openly and honestly, when I speak to adults, I'm not throwing stones in a glass house. If I was to sit and tell someone, well, I never had a couple drinks and then, you know, and then drove home, I'd be a liar. Now, 1983 is a lot different than 2020, but it's still no excuse. So I, I beat myself up quite a bit for, for, the, for that kind of stuff. But you sit and look at these, you know, my whole thing is we, we have an opportunity we know we can stop. The pandemic is taking thousands and thousands of lives a day, and there's not much we can do. But we're going to find a, you know, we can go on and on about we can find a cure and we can do all these things and slow it down. But we know the epidemic of drunk driving that takes over 10,000 lives a year. 10,000 lives a year that cost the United States government $40 billion a year between court and damages and fixing and this thing and all these things. And 10,000 lives plus a year that didn't get an opportunity to make a decision because someone made a decision that affected more than just themselves. It sure. affects the community. It affects my daughter was going to get engaged. It affects the young man that he, she was dating. It affects his family. It affects the, the domino effect. Yes. The domino effect of what happens is unbelievable. So we, we're in. And so we have now the foundation that has victim services because we know people need help. So what did we do? 
we took courses. I'm a, I'm a wrestler, Avi. I'm a wrestler. I got paid to beat people up. And I'm taking courses in psychology and I'm taking courses in, in victims advocacy with my daughter. So we have victim services so I can go to the courtrooms. I can go to the other rooms that family needs help. I, need, I can be the shoulder. I can be the ear. And I can be the voice. Absolutely. And why would anybody ever want me to be their voice? And hopefully that's lighthearted and people took it that way. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill. I I mean, they tune into last week's show. Uh, Again, just the way you closed it out. For those that didn't know and weren't privy to the fact that I, I, my introductions aren't just there to to make quotations based on past authors or or legendary people that have existed in the annals of history or even individualize my own uh, intros, but they have to do with the person I'm speaking with. And I mean what I say when I always mention the fact that when you speak, people listen because it comes across as what it is, wholehearted, hard-hitting, truthful, and you just don't shortchange anybody, and it comes across. And that's just not my, me saying that. I mean, I'm one person Thanks. amongst the masses that believes that, Bill. So. It's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's something that once, once you bit it off, hey, Ricky, um, hello, everyone. Hey, I hope I, you know episode two is not intended to – be melancholy, but thank you for letting me introduce. So everybody really quick, you can go to us. You can follow the foundation on social media, um, on Facebook. It's the Carrie and DeMott foundation. Please follow the page. It keeps you up on everything we're doing. Um, on Twitter, it is K a D foundation one on Instagram. It's the Carrie and DeMott foundation. I'm a big believer in, and, and the website is www.thecarryandemotfoundation.com. I'm a huge believer in people in the seats, wrestling terms, right? If you have asses in the seats, it's a, it's a good thing. I know that we're grassroots, and this foundation lives and dies on donations and sponsorships. And we are blessed when people – I say, if someone donated $5, that $5 – gets me closer to making more materials to print for the students. You know, so we that's how we started. And I love that people donate. But when we have events, I want to see people in front. I sure. need, We need that interaction much like anything else. And we've been – this year is five years. October will be five years that Kerry was taken from us. Um. Some people use the term anniversary. Some people use it's not something we celebrate. It's Carrie was taken from us five years ago. Um, so on October 10th of this year, the day it happened, we will do a virtual 5K. We have a, usually we have a 5K, but with the pandemic, things have changed. We're going to do a virtual 5K, and there'll be opportunities for people to join us there. That's awesome. And then we have a we have a dinner banquet every year in January. Sure. January is Carrie's birthday. This year, the banquet is on her birthday, January 9th. Oh, wow. And that's our biggest fundraiser. And we come out and we've been able to put 400 people in a room and we, we feed them great. And uh, we drop the awareness and we honor men, women, first responders, people in the community that are leaders. We bring them up, introduce them, how they've helped us, and hopefully spread. So when someone goes home, they've met someone they never met before. And, oh, my gosh, I never knew he did that. I never knew he did that. And to find out that even some of the people that you're close to didn't know your story. 
Like people go, hey, Bill, what you been doing? What you been up to? And you, you kind of keep it light because you, you instantly know they have no idea what you're going through. And sure. that's fine. I'm okay with that because it's not like something you talk about. But the minute you tell them, they go. Right. So it's so it's it's much like anything else. How do you tell them, right? You're a history teacher. If you go out to kids and history, history, they're, they're going to learn a, a dribble. You're absolutely right. But if you get a chance to sit and talk with them and go, no, man, that's cool. And, you know, here's here's this and here's that. And. And here's what we do about it. And they go, well, okay, what do we do now? And all of a sudden, the me is a we. And I'm surrounded I'm surrounded by the we. That's so well put. The we is me, man. That's so, so well put. And, guys, we appreciate you interacting because at the end of the yeah, day – I'm doing... sorry so much for the ones who are not answering. Oh, no. No, that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, you know, people's well wishes and people just really uh, – they're resounding emotions uh, linked to what you just brought up at the top of the show. I'm going to bring everything up here. Uh, from Chris Sweisberger, love to the family. From Chris, love you, brother. Thank you. Uh, from Rich, excuse me over here. We have Alfred. Oh, that rapper had some talent. Yes, he did. Very yeah, talented. He was very great. talented. Carmine was great. Carmine's amazing. Uh, it really is. In many ways, he's a very talented guy. Just, Just Johnson, uh, Florida, and Josh says hello. Bill, remember seeing and meeting him once when you was a trainer and staff back in FCW. Steve Skinner Kern was in charge before FCW changed to NXT. From Josh, hello, Josh. From Jim Elmer, uh, Emler, I'm sorry, best big man in the business in the late 90s from Jim. Lee Walker shared a bunch of you guys. Appreciate that, Lee. And guys, I'm going to do the plugs in a minute. Just want to just address every question, comment, and statement that you guys brought up. Uh, Javi had a good opening. I was okay, not as good as Carmine's. Uh, Mike Michael, shout out from the PWF to both of you. Very happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to read down a couple more of these guys, and we'll get started. Gary Miller, the ugliest part of your story will be what God will use to be the most powerful part of your testimony. Yes, from Gary Miller. Uh, very, very profound. Uh, Mel Keith, thanks for coming in. Jack Reynolds, thank you for joining us from England, where it's evening over there. Uh, I do. Yeah, we got a bunch of people, and you guys keep coming in. I just want to plug some of the shows that we have going on under the WWE podcast umbrella. A couple of new shows added next week as well. But every Mondays, we kick off the week with Breaking the Ice with Glacier Ray Lloyd at noon Eastern time. Yours truly, Avi Klein, is there as well. Tuesday, as you can see right now, it is face value. With you, Morris, Bill DeMott, and yours truly, Avi Klein, at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time every Tuesday on Wednesdays. Every 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, this is Maintaining the Truth with Paul Roman, yours truly, Avi Klein. On Thursdays, it is Making Waves with WWE Hall of Famer Don Morocco, and yours truly, Avi Klein, at 5 Eastern. On Fridays, it is Double Dip. Part one of the Double Dip is Breaking the Ice with Glacier Ray Lloyd, and yours truly, Avi Klein, at 12 noon Eastern time. Second half of the Double Dip, it is the podcast with the purpose, Road to Recovery, with Duke the Dumpster Mike Drossi, and yours truly, Avi Klein, at 6 p.m. on Fridays. And on Sunday, it is a hard-hitting podcast called Unmasking the Truth with the Patriot Del Wilkes, and yours truly, Avi Klein, at 8 p.m. on Sundays. We will also be unveiling two other new podcasts. Guys, thank you for contributing. Make sure that even though we're not on Twitch yet, we will be. You can go to Twitch now, uh, search WWAB Podcast, one word, WWAB Podcast. Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. We'll be streaming there as well. I do want to thank Todd and James from Right Guard for believing us. Let's get that extra uh, extra 90 days if we can. You guys make it happen. I also want to plug Lee Walker. He's got some great stuff. He's a contributor. Jason Up, the New 80s Revolution. Check him out on YouTube. He's awesome. He's a contributor. We also have uh, Adam Sentif and the Pro Wrestling Elite Fandom page. Great page. Awesome page. Positive human beings. You guys come out in droves for all these shows, and we appreciate you. Bill, I give it to you. Yeah, I mean... She's just listening. Like you, you said the word a couple times right there, Dan. More than like people take the word positive and don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they get it. I don't think. I don't think they get it. Uh, we, you know, in, in wrestling, we get to hide 
Um, uh, thank you, Jack. It's thank you, thank Jack, you Jack from England. Is that right, Avi? That, that's the yes that's, from England. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't think people understand what positive means yeah. and what 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 it's around in wrestling. We hide. We hide in our personas, and and people think that's who we are. And and but it's not. We go home, and we have families, and you're sure. a teacher, but you go home, and you have to, your job is not to make kids miserable for for seven hours a day. You know, you're trying to help them, and. And you know it's funny when when your parents say when you grow up you'll understand, yeah. Because it truly is when when hopefully when we and hopefully when I grow up I'll understand too. But as I've gotten older I understand. And sure. What you what you bring out is what you receive, and if everything is negative and turned down, or if everything is against something, or if everything is but this but that, then we're never going to get anywhere. Sure. And I, Surrounded myself, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed as a man. I'm blessed as a as a human being that I've surrounded myself. Hello, Julia Hughesby. I uh, love that family. Love them very much. Um, you know who else uh, threw you some love here? It was just a question, Bill. That I promised would be the very first one. It came from Kelly Coleman, who had uh, messaged me earlier and had asked me, "Can you ask Bill?" And I'd be glad to. Uh, a couple of questions, which I'll pull up right now. Question okay. number one to Bill is, when doing live commentary for wrestling, what all what do you guys hear in the headset? Are people giving you guidance on what to say? How many people are talking? This is from Kelly Coleman. There's so many. When, when I was doing I was a commentator for a year. And talk about, you know, because you hear your own voices in your head anyway. But you, you kind of, if you're, if you're smart, you did your homework, you knew the matches, so you kind of, Hopefully you know enough about each opponent and you can talk about that stuff and storylines and and but then you gotta remember there's pay-per-views coming up, there's commercials you're pitching to. So a lot of the like raw is done live, but then I was I was doing velocity and heat right. and those other ones. So we did a couple of on cameras live in, in the arena, but then we went back to the studio later that week and you know fixed the because you had to plug every every pay-per-view, every, you know, Snickers bar, M&M and storylines and this. And yeah. Okay. I was fortunate because they go try this. And if, and if you got, if you, if you were good at what you were doing, they let you run with it as long as you put the information. So I was fortunate enough to, to run with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's always someone going, don't forget this. And you have to, as you know, doing what you're doing, sometimes someone's talking to you and you got to try to remember that's not the conversation you're having. Right. Right. So hats off to everybody who does something like that. I thought for for me, so the answer is yes, there's people talking to you and it's it can get very busy inside the headsets. But when when Taz was doing it, to me, Taz is the epitome of a wrestling career. Because he could have wrestled these out and he could have been done, but he learned another aspect of the business. Sure. And I wanted to learn another aspect of the business. So I learned this and I learned that and I learned that. And, you know, but that's a different conversation, but yeah, the voices were always, it's always interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's always hard not to answer the person you're talking to. (laughs) I'm pretty sure sometimes that Michael Cole might've been telling me something and and there's a drop kick. Yeah, Michael. So they go, wait a minute, you're live. And with these podcasts, a lot of people don't realize I don't have anyone talking to me creatively, but always technical notes about the volume, about the base levels trebles and you've got to kind of you're right tune that out a little bit the second question she had she admits is off the wall and i'll get to yours michael j seal in a second 
Uh, and then we'll start off with our first segment uh, as it pertains to some of the topics that we have. But the second question Kelly Coleman had, which admittedly is off the wall, is what's your favorite ice cream, Bill? Uh, I, I'm a Neapolitan. Okay. It's the three, right? The three. Uh, uh, yeah. Because I've been told that sherbet is not ice cream. Yeah. So I like, I like sherbet. But it's you know, not get, darn those people who told me also that sherbet's not ice cream. Yeah, they really not. burst my bubble too. If it's cold and it's in the same thing, and you get it out of the freezer and you scoop it with a thing, it's ice cream. It's gotta be. It's gotta be ice cream at the end of the day. Sure. Sherbert's not an ice cream, so mine is Neapolitan. So <laughs> I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. Michael J. Seal. I don't know if I if you answered this during last week's podcast, Bill, but do you think you could do the moonsault off the top rope, or at least, uh, well, I guess he means now, or I don't know if he means. I, I gotta be honest. I'm sure, and this comes up a lot because we have, you know, family friends, and they get together. And go, hey, do one in the pool. Do the kids would love it. And the kids love it. And they go, yeah, but the, you know, the the EMTs wouldn't like get me out of the pool. Um, I'm sure I can do the flip. I don't think I can get to the top rope anymore. Okay. I don't think my hips will let me just even climb the. I, I mean, I remember I have flashbacks of right from the apron jumping to the top rope and hitting a moonsault. And right. now I'm thinking, if I got to climb that, if I got to climb those three, uh, those three rate, those three ropes, I'm done. So the answer is, do I think I could do it? Absolutely. There you go. There you if go. That, that's positive as it gets. Uh, he's absolute about that. I'm also absolute that Carmine's wrong in the green room texting us saying, sorry, Sherbert's not ice cream, fellas. I'll give you a bye because of that great intro. But I yeah, if you weren't so talented, we'd we'd argue. <laughs> we'd be arguing right now, guys. First topic, Bill, and we're seeing a lot of this now. Haven't asked you this. Did not ask you this last week, but you know, sports in general is there a thin line right now between athletes of today speaking their mind and coming across as ill-informed and ignorant? In your opinion, is that something that's becoming more and more and more prevalent? Can you stomach that? I don't think it's a thin line. I think it's not. I think it's we. I, I, I understand that people have a voice and if you're behind something, you should speak on it. But I also understand there's a time and a place for it. And I know that's a big people. Well, free speech. No, I'm down with yeah. that. I'm a, I'm down with all of it, but I have, I, I have trouble with, I'll use, here's the example. that's going to get me in trouble. So I apologize in, in the beginning. I had a conversation with a good baseball player dad of mine. He's a friend of mine and we're baseball dads together. And his son is a big Mookie Betts fan. Right. From the Red Sox. And now Mookie's with the Dodgers, right? Sure. So the picture was Mookie kneeling, but his teammates were there with their hands on his shoulders. But the, but the 12-year-old boy wants to know what happened to Mookie that was so bad and he's making uh, $300 million that he's oppressed, dad. What does that mean? Why is Mookie oppressed? And I think that's that's the thing. Was were people oppressed? Hell yes. Yeah. I think the it's two different conversations because now they go, I'm gonna stand up for this. I'm gonna stand up for this. And, and, and that'd be like me. Uh, here's a bad analogy: it'd be like me coming out and going, no one should ever drink again. I'm gonna stand up for this. No, one, I've never said it. I've never said don't drink. Said, so don't drink and drive because it kills people. That's a good correlation. And the way you brought that up too makes sense because for me, I mean, right now, people might say, well, that's always been an issue, right? I mean, well, I shouldn't even say an issue in a negative connotation. I mean, you look at civil rights in the 60s. 
uh, you know, Lou Alcindor before he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell. They stood for a lot of social injustice. But the difference now is because it's become a dangerous component because of the fact that there's so many outlets and there's so many voices on those outlets. So it's it, you kind of magnify everything and yeah. realize that there's a widespread – the real pandemic to me is trying to trickle down information and take it as such. Uh, where's the merit? Because now whether you're downloading 55 million apps or you're on YouTube or you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter, the access to some of this, you know, some of this information that's being trickled down from celebrities, it might, I might sound like an old, well, history teacher here, but my thing is I think there has to be a bit more of responsibility where the athlete in this particular case or the celebrity, but in this case, the athlete has to be a little bit responsible knowing that if you don't go down that rabbit hole, before you present yourself as a scholar on an issue, please do some homework. Please do yes, some homework. Yes, don't don't go by lack of a better term. Don't go just take it at face value and go, well, I heard this, so I'm going to do this. Because then if you turn around and you're the guy who's now on TMZ getting arrested for another stupid stunt, but I'm supposed to back you for this, these kids are backing, uh, you know, backing rappers because rappers are speaking out, but then two weeks later they're getting in trouble. Right. So if you're going to go – then you've got to prepare to go full full bore. Yeah. I, I'm down for anybody standing up straight, putting your shoulders back, putting your chest out, going, I believe in this. I stand for this. Let's get educated in this. Instead of going, you know what we should do now? We should, we should, we should do this. Well, why yeah. are you doing it? Well, because I couldn't drink from that water fountain. Right. I, or, I, or I'm now getting pressured, which is something that exists 25 years. I'm getting pressured by social media right. to stand up. You know, people always say with Michael Jordan, he didn't take a stance. And I'm not going to I'm not going to be biased one way or the other. But one thing I'm going to say is Michael Jordan years ago when he didn't take a stance on certain issues revolving Nike and some, you know, sweatshops that you would hear about. The thing is, back then, it didn't resonate amongst the masses unless you were a fan or a diehard because the social media didn't vilify you as much as it does. Today. Right. Now you have to. You don't take a stance. You lost all your followers. You're done. Yeah. You don't yeah. take a stance. You lost your you lost your Instagram where they're going to send you free uh, energy drinks for life. Now you're done. Right. Right. All all these things that if you don't do it, this is what's going to happen. And at the end of the day, when I'm dead, when I go, those two hundred thousand followers I have on Twitter aren't showing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want you to like my Facebook page so you can listen to what I'm doing. So we can we can talk, but I have no. There's nothing that makes me know that I, anything I do on social media, hopefully helps. But people join to join, or join to attack. Yes, and you cannot win. And I said it last week, and you cannot win in the court of public opinion. So now athletes are falling under the court of public opinion when some of them just realized, like Lou Alcindor. He he was yeah. a he was a proactive guy, but he didn't do it in such a way that he was a schmuck, lack, lack of a better term. And he didn't alienate either. Muhammad Ali, right? You know, certain you know, and maybe Jordan didn't get involved, but Jordan also knew. I, I make my living playing ba uh, basketball. Sure, I'm good at it. I have an opportunity to help people with the money I make and the things I'm doing, and with my name, and I'm good at it. And I think if we all just approached it that way. If you're that if you're that passionate about it, take your name and take your 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 knowledge and take what you you bring to the table, put your stamp on it and stay with it. 
instead of just trying to make headlines each week. Yes, making right. headlines. And, and that's so poignant right. what you said, because to me, to, again, to piggyback off that, I'm going to ride your coattails because you're right, but I also think the responsibility falls on us. Why are we looking? Why are we looking for hope and messages and words of wisdom from athletes or celebrities alike? Why? We don't. Why are we looking to get inspired? In, in essence, inspiration is great, whether it's through pop culture, film, celebrities, politicians. If you can get any bit of motivation that's positive, hey, take it from wherever it comes. But don't feel as if it has to be trickled down from somebody who's on television every day in right. order for it to, to drive or hit itself home. It doesn't. I think that's the dangerous, you know, the slippery slope that we're in right now. It's dangerous right. that we're relying on people that are prevalent in television or film to tell us how we need to think ideologically speaking. I think athletes have enough on their plate motivating other, like you, you, there's so many great stories out there. Single moms, no parents, all the, all the, uh, Titus O'Neill, a whole different conversation has a great story, but I want people that are going to motivate my son to, to want to want to hone his talents and to put them to good use, right? And to this and that. I don't want someone to motivate my son and then get arrested in a bar, be on TMZ, and then my son goes, "I just, I just spent all my life savings on his jersey." Sure. To find out he's that kind of person. We have athletes have enough on their plate being athletes, right? Yes. So yes. just, just I'm, yeah. If you're passionate about it, be passionate, but just be smarter about how you go about it. Don't yeah, you don't right. have to stamp something every day to be relevant. You're being if you're being paid to do something you love, put it to good use. Put it to get or don't you know what? Sit back until it's your time. You'll know it's your time. You'll know it. You'll feel it. Someone will come to you. Someone, someone will touch you in your life that you right or how do you feel about this? And because there's so many good cats, and 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 I say cats meaning all athletes, including women. There's so many good cats, men and women out there that have great foundations that do amazing, amazing things, and you never hear about it because they're no. not there to put themselves on a pedestal. That's right. So if that's we, right. What if we? What if we started? What if we started working more on talking about JJ Watts and what he's done instead of someone who's trying to raise Kane for 45 minutes and raise hell and and start riots and all these other things? And I'm sure it's totally. not the intention. Advocate. I'm sure it's not the Holy intention God. of someone to start yeah. a riot, but gosh, yeah, we know if you're you know if you're inciting a riot or not. So if we just focus, hey, NBC, ABC, CBS, and I promise you, Klein Demont will follow. Give me one month on TV and focus on all the good athletes are doing the ones that don't talk about it the ones that take their who build houses for people who don't have houses and don't ask for anything but it becomes a story it becomes a story when there's nothing else to talk about should be the first thing we talk about absolutely because conditioning and again that's not a negative thing conditioning or changing people's perspective yes. isn't exactly as hard as people think yeah people may like the car crash but if you give them an alternative and that's ever present and all of a sudden people that you respect are tied to that cause now, all of a sudden, you have something positive yes. to look to. And by the way, Bill, some of the contributors for the show have come out in droves. Uh, Jason Nupp, New 80s Revolution, he'll be part of our show as well. Check him out on YouTube. Amazing talent. Hugh Morris looking great. Adam Roberts sent if, uh, sorry I'm late, the AC repairman took two weeks. I know about that deal. Adam, everything you do and everything you stand for, I respect and appreciate. Quality human being. Pro wrestling elite fandom. You rock. Jack Reynolds, you rock. David Holiday, talented musician, talented thespian. 
Uh, he was on the show with the Patriot Del Wilkes to talk about college football. He is a college football aficionado. David Holiday, thanks for checking in. Thank a you, couple David. Of, yeah, David's great. A uh, couple of questions and comments for Bill before we segue to another topic, a lighthearted topic. Uh, this is from Lee Walker. Bill, have you any professional wrestlers reached out to you for help with drinking? Another great question. Um, Lee. No, Lee, thank you for the question. Um, no, no one's reached out for me, uh, reached out to me. Um, I haven't heard. Uh, I, I'll say that there have been hundreds who reached out to me since my 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 daughter's tragedy, but no one's reached out for help or or anything like that. Because, and here's why. Here's what I believe. It's a scary subject. Yeah. It's socially it's socially acceptable to be a housewife and be down the street and have a couple glasses of wine and drive home because nothing's going to happen. That's the mindset. And if I have to think about something happening, then it affects me directly. And I don't want to deal with things that affect me directly. Yeah. But if we don't get involved before we become affected, we become affected. So the long and short answer is I've had a ton of wrestling conversations, nothing about drinking though. And then don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with drinking. Just don't drink and drive. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Rigo, thanks for that comment. I'll pull it up in a moment uh, from Tony Stark. Shout out. Hey, Bill, there, there is someone who wants you to shout out their, their group, and I'm going to pull this up in a minute okay. uh, from Ricky. And I, I do want to – I'm not going to overlook anything, guys. Just give me a moment. Ricky JP, Bill, can UPR get a wrestling shout out from Ricky now, J? First of all, I don't know what UPR is, so I'm going to say – Okay. I'm going to shout out to UPR and everybody out there, but tell me what UPR yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Tell let us know, guys. Butcher Blackwell looking but good, brother. <laughs> Butcher. Yeah, we have uh, Noah Ford who stepped in with a question. Who I'm going to pull it up right now because there's a bunch of these trickling down as we speak. While I pull them up, Bill, I want to ask you questions while I pull up some of this stuff. We were talking about pre. We were doing a preview show last week for the upcoming show, and you had posted a couple of topics that we'd be talking about. One of which is payoffs. When did you realize? When did you realize that? And again, it doesn't have to be a specific date. We don't do right. that stuff. But uh, which promotion or how long in your career did you realize that you can actually make a living at this? You don't need a side job. This is something you can do 24-7. I, as far as financially? Yeah. Um, I believed, uh, I believed from the beginning I could make a living at it. Um, I just didn't realize... I never realized how much money was in was in wrestling, was in pro wrestling, uh, sports entertainment. So I thought, okay, so if you figured it out, uh, I got paid twenty bucks, and that was one match, and it was only this week, and they were only wrestling on weekends. I'm only going to make eighty bucks a week. I need a job, and that's the way I, you know I went right, about it. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I went my first trip to Europe, which I I was way ahead. I should never went. I got invited to Europe. And he says, well, we're, we're gone for 10 days, and it's $1,800 for the 10 days. And we'll, we're taking care of your food. So you do the math and go, okay, I'm going to take 10 days off of work, but I'm going to make that money. It actually, I'm actually ahead of the game. Come to find out you get shortchanged by the promoter. You never make $1,800. You're lucky if you see $800. Right, right. I lost money, but it was the time of my life, and I wrestled every sure. night for 10 days. 
I could make a living at this. I just have to be better at it and find someone who's going to make, have, have my best interest in, in, at heart. Uh, I'll burst everybody's bubble. There's great people out there, but no one has your best interest at heart. They're going to make their money and, and, and that's business, right? But I, I figured sure. out in, by the time I got to Puerto Rico, which was early 91, right? I think um, $600 a week. I sent $500 back to New Jersey and lived on $100 a week and realized I could live on what I was making. And then I was all, then I was all, man, there's more, there's more, there's more. And I thought, I thought I'd reached the pinnacle when I, when I got to Japan, I was making, you know, back then at the time you're making uh, 1800 to 2000 a week. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm the king of the world now because then I was getting paid and I was in Japan all the time and I, you know, every week and now I'm going, okay. And then Japan was Mexico. And, oh, yes. What a smart decision. Until I met, I want to get your take on this too. I want to get your take on this because there was a, uh, a vet who's no longer with us anymore. Who, when I was again, years ago had tried to step into the world of pro wrestling and ultimately failed because I was miserable. Let's be real. But, uh, the great advice he gave me was if you ever go to Japan, don't let the guys over there, as far as the Japanese talent, if you're like, if you're Gaijin, if you're American, don't let them eat you up. Whatever you do, don't let them eat you up. Is that, does that ring true? It was the first thing that was said to me before I went to Japan. Yeah. You yeah. hit them before they hit you. Yeah. And the late, great Ted Petty told me that. Right, yeah. And then right before I went, I got off the plane. I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're here for three weeks. Take a deep breath. <laughs> hit them before they hit you. And my very first match the, night, the next night was a young boy who was supposed to be coming up. And yeah. he was being groomed to be their star. And he was put in there against me, and he was all bent out of shape. So he didn't speak any English, and he wasn't having anything about me trying to, you know, hey, trying to work some stuff out, whatever it is. So the first thing that happened in the lockup, it was snug, and I went, he's done. And I sat, and I took his head off with a clothesline. And when I tell you wow. I took his head off, I took his head off with a clothesline. And I commenced on throwing him around for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. And then I took my bumps and everything else, but then they knew right then and there that this guy's not going to take any, and it was the best piece of advice I've ever heard. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, we're going to pull up some of these questions and comments, guys. Uh, we're going to zip through a few of these because we have two more segments, but I do want to not make sure that you guys know to scroll down, scroll down my page or the page of Pil Demod or the other talent that we're doing shows with, and you guys can see past episodes. They're they're on Facebook. We're on live now. But you guys could scroll down and see some of the past shows. So if you feel like you missed it, some of you guys said, hey, I missed 20 minutes worth. When we're done with the broadcast, go back to the beginning and check it all out. Uh, this is from Tony Stark. Do you keep up with the other misfits in action, Bill? I have. Uh, I miss my. I miss my friend Jerry Tootie very much. We lost years ago. Um, oh, yeah. I speak to Lash Larue pretty regularly. Um, Chavo and I uh, do our best to touch base when we can. So I, I, I keep in touch. Matter of fact, uh, even it's so it's so funny. Even Major Guns, Tylene Buck, right, who went into a different profession and 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 everything else. But every once in a while, there'll be a message or just someone touching base, you know. And and that's life's life, and everybody's busy, and everybody's got families, and sure, 
and doing her thing. So anytime you get your phone and someone goes, <clears throat> hey, brother, you get a chance, let's talk. And you go, oh, I'm going to call him tomorrow. And then tomorrow doesn't come. But then all of a sudden, two weeks from then, you're on the road. And I call Lash. And he goes, really, two weeks? I'm like, I forgot. But it's yeah, like right. you never yeah. missed a beat. No. I mean, that, isn't that the essence of friendship? Is like you can pick up where you left off right away. And that's it. That's exactly. And that's what, if you remember going back a couple of weeks, we talked to Ray. Right. It's like you don't see somebody and all of a sudden it's that hug. It's that you look yeah. at me and you're like, oh, brother. And, you know, and that's what I, that's what I truly miss. And I know yeah. there's a lot of guys who say that. Of all the things I miss in my 30 years on the road, that's the thing I miss is those guys, those girls that look, that, that, Special handshake with the sum and the the look across the room at the others and the and the wink wink and the nod nod, and I, I truly miss that stuff there. And I don't want to sound like Sigmund Freud here, but it was ex- that camaraderie was exclusive to what you guys went through and gals. It was exclusive to what you went through in your journey of life. So that's why I think when you guys come together, it's you get me, I get you. It's yeah. reciprocal. You shared you whether whether people realize or not. You're sharing your life with them because you're on the road with them 300 days a year. Chavo Guerrero went through my divorce with me. Wow. Wow. You know, I went through, and I won't say anything, I went through someone yep. else's divorce with them. I went through someone else's problems with them. Someone went through my problems with me. And that's the, that's that relationship you have. And people, you know, uh, I guess people people don't see that, and that's okay. But there's so much more to this business than just 10, 15 minutes in the ring, you know. But it's special. It. It's special when it's special when somebody will pick up the phone or or shoot you a message. Or sure. now because we're we're you know we're caught up in the you know we're we're very, very hip. Someone sends you an emoji, you know. Sure. Yeah, uh, Tony Stark there, R.I.P. Wall. Sure. Uh, this yeah. is from Michael Barr. How did you get the name Hugh Morris from Michael Barr? Uh, Terry Taylor. Uh, his wife, I did a, um, I did a interview. I did a, a thing for um, Macho Man Randy Savage, and I forgot what I was supposed to say. Yeah, and I, I had a laugh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Terry Taylor said, "Can you do that again?" I said, "Do what?" He goes, "Can you do the laugh?" Well, I didn't even realize I did it. It's a nervous, it's a nervous thing, and right, the laugh became part of my thing. Well, anyway, long story short, Terry Taylor's wife said he's very humorous. Oh, okay. So my name was Humorous. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't understand Humorous. Right. So then I think it was uh, the great Bobby Heenan or, or, or Tony Schiavone called me Hugh Morris. And then I really got frustrated because who calls someone Hugh Morris? <laughs> and I tell them, you idiot, it's Humorous. Uh, call him the Laughing Man. So they called me the Laughing Man, Hugh Morris. And then- Hugh Morris. And that's what, Bill, man, you got you made people just sit back and not only laugh, but be – I mean, there there's a – whole slew of individuals here commenting on how your agility and your timing was impeccable. Someone who was able to make me laugh as well. Not so much, you know, in the world, the annals of pro wrestling, but someone who made me laugh every time I've spoken to him, every time I've interacted with him, uh, it would shortchange this individual I'm going to bring up right now. If I were to say that he exclusively made me laugh without also teaching me a lot of things, this man is an institution of talent. This man is a very, 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 talented human being as well as a friend, as a musician, someone who's on the rise, no doubt about it. I can go on and on and on, but I'll let him do that because I'm sure he's he will if I give him an opportunity. So I will. Carmine Rizzo, everybody. 
Yo, yo, Avi, you kill it with those. Oh my God, you really know how to grease somebody up, man. With a good speak from the heart, man. I know you do. I know it's all real. I appreciate it, man. Carmine, what are you up to, man? Chilling, man. I'm just hanging out. I'm just weathering the storm, man. Still here, and uh, I came back from Texas a couple of weeks ago, so me and the family had to quarantine for two weeks. So we just finished the quarantine. So baby on the way in a month and a half. In a month, one month. We got a wow. baby girl on the way. Uh, September first to do that. First one. I um I have a stepdaughter through uh, my wife. She had. Nice. A, I came in her life when she was five. Nice. So this is together our first one together. Yeah. Good for you, brother. I'm excited. I'm hyped. I'm nervous, but we you have know what I'm excited about, Carmine. We got the crib. We're ready to go. What are you ready to go for that? I'm excited for something else too. I'm excited for the fact that you know I, I spoke to Bill last week, and I can sense that Bill's a Rocky guy. I could sense oh, that. I am a Rocky guy. I could sense that, and we did. I never quite, met a wrestler who wasn't a Rocky guy. Is I don't know. I haven't met anybody. And play Bill's a Jersey guy. We're Northeasterners. Not to say that people aren't in Northeast aren't fans of this, but we play these interesting games, these innovative games. You guys can't find them anywhere else, and we're gonna pay. We're gonna play one right now. I've always. I've always respected people, you know, who we have big hearts, but a lot of times when you think about the fact that people say they're Rocky fans, do they know they're Rocky? We're going to find out right now. It's Rocky time. Oh, boy. This is where I get in trouble. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. This We're going to play a little game called Rocky should have or shouldn't have. Should have or shouldn't have. There were many decisions Rocky made, like in life. And Bill O says pro wrestling is life. Rocky could be life, too. A lot of life lessons there. Yeah, yeah. Um, interchangeable. Oh, yeah. Rocky's given life lessons throughout every one of those six movies. Uh, we're going to be playing Rocky should or shouldn't have, and we'll start off with Bill. Self-explanatory, and you guys, by the way, you guys and gals will be the judge, jury, and executioner. You guys will vote. Bill will give his opinion. Carmine will give his opinion. I'll how, do you vote? how do you vote on opinions? Well, uh, you know, what I'm trying to say is they're going to override. They're going to override you guys anyway. Yeah, they're going to cut, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be nice and diplomatic till Carmine put it. Uh, but I like you. I agree with you. They're gonna overrun, but still, your opinions may sway some others. So we'll start off with Bill. With Rocky should or shouldn't have. Question number one for Bill: Rocky Balboa should or shouldn't have invited Adrian into his sketchy apartment two hours after their first date. <laughs> oh, absolutely should have. Absolutely laid the groundwork for. Listen, sweetheart. This is me, front and center. Like, he didn't pull any punches. I thought it was the best smart move, smart move, especially from someone who's so, uh, what would you call Adrian at the time? Very uh, timid. She, she, you know, she, shielded from life itself. So I thought, yeah. yes, he absolutely should have. Great move. Carmine, Rocky Balboa should or shouldn't have. Fill in the rest. I absolutely agree with what Rocky did. Um like you're saying, she was very timid. She was very shy. Rocky had to bring her out of her shell. You know, so what Rocky did for her was actually a service, believe it or not, because uh, nobody ever looked at her like that. And Rocky was like, you know, this big, tough uh, guy. And he looked at her and he said, you're beautiful. You know, like, I see you for what you are. Stop hiding yourself, so to speak. So I think that Rocky kind of had to be aggressive like that. They try to paint it these days that Rocky was you know, weird and predatory. Like, I think Rocky kind of had to do it to bring her out of her shell. And believe it or not, I think it, it did great things for Adrian's character. Because look at Adrian. Look at the slow. Well, wait a minute. You just bring her out of her shell. No pun intended. 
No pun intended. But he opened the show. What other guy? What, what other guy would introduce his, his his date to his pet pet turtles cuff and link? That's what Rocky did. That's how much he cared about Adrian. Cuff That's and link. I agree with you. She she had to mean a lot for him for him to introduce her to Link. The turtles. The the jury is spoken right now. I'm looking at all these votes. Some aren't even here on your feeds, guys. I'm seeing a bunch more. But Adam Roberts says they totally should have. Uh, yes. They love each other. Michael Barr yes. should have. Uh, Rocky fell in love with her. I'm reading about six or seven other here. We actually have someone named Adrian Billy. Uh, we have James. We have Robert. Everyone says Rocky should have. So William shouldn't have. It's probably not a big Rocky fan. Rocky needed help killing roaches in that apartment. That's why she moved in from William at the very At the very least, if they never hooked up, he knew she was going to clean that apartment. So true. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Uh, Adrian was shy, and she trusted Rocky. Mel Keith, uh, congrats, Carmine. Some love for Mel Keith there. So I guess it's a consensus. There was nothing wrong with Rocky. Uh, making a move on somebody they really felt passionate about. That's what makes the world go around, guys. He loved her. She loved him. It was reciprocal. Loved it. Next one. Pitch it to Bill. Rocky Balboa should or shouldn't have given Paulie his old job working for Gazo as a collector. Uh, you, yeah, you can't. Um, I almost want to say for personal, from personal experience, but I'm going to leave that out of it. Um, you can't, he should never have introduced Paulie to <laughs> – to Gazo for two reasons. One, the obvious. Two, if the fight thing never would have worked out, Rocky couldn't have went back to work for Gazo. He would have had to kill Paulie. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about that. Jeez. I never thought about it. I'm like Rocky, I'm just I'm oh, yeah. guy, but I never the Carmine. What, what do you think? That was genius what Bill said. I, I wasn't gonna take it there, but it was very close. I was gonna say you can't trust Paulie. Paulie was drinking at the time, he was a mess. Rocky's source of income at the time. He wasn't making a lot fighting Spider Rico. You know, he was making more money <laughs> he was doing with Gonzo. You can't trust Paulie. Paulie was a drunk. He was a mess. He, you know, he showed loyalty to Rocky, but not even at that point yet. So Rocky made the right choice. Also, on another hand, he's about to date uh, Paulie's sister. You don't want to hook up her brother with the degenerates. So, yeah. Very, very, very true. Yeah, by Rocky too, Paulie was working for Gaza when he's in the suit, right? I gotta tell you, Paulie's posture changed when he was working for Gaza. They're reading by the doctor, and he's got you know, <laughs> he's kind of like, oh, I need a ride, Rock. He's all right, little change. Confidence has gone up a bit. I've noticed that too. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Adam Roberts saying should have Rocky had such a big heart. He was trying to help Paulie. Plus, Paulie because of Gaza was able to buy his trans. Right, I brought his trans. Uh, when money got tight in Rocky number two, that's a different perspective. Okay. We're going here. What do we have here? We have James saying should not have. We have Melanie saying should not have. We're having Sandra saying should not have. We're having Robert saying should not have. Tony and Chris saying should not have. William saying it is unanimous. Should not have given the job. Adam, I know here. I'm sorry, brother. Um, we have another one over here. This is an interesting one. Uh, to get a bit more serious in the annals of Rocky history and Rocky lore, Bill, Rocky Balboa should or shouldn't have thrown in the towel earlier in Apollo's knockdown dragout war in the ring against Ivan Drago. Rocky. Boy, oh, boy. I know. I think he did exactly what he was supposed to do. 
So I guess he he shouldn't have thrown it in earlier. He did it. He did it. He did it the way he's supposed to do it. Now he didn't do it the way he wanted to do it. He did it the way he should have done it, and that was the deal between him and Apollo. So he stood by. He stood by his man. He stood by his deal, although it cost him everything. He he did what right. he said he was going to do. He was a man of his word. Um, yeah, I think it goes on to play for the rest of the series and the rest of Rocky's life. It's one of the, the things he, you know, fought with the rest of his life anyway. But he shouldn't have changed it. So yeah, he he, he should. Have yeah. Guys, type in your comments and just based on this game. Should Rocky have or shouldn't Rocky have thrown in the towel during Apollo's fight with Ivan Drago? We want to hear your comments. I'm going to kick it to Carmine. What do you think? I got in arguments with people who said I was kind of an a-hole for this. But I was like, you absolutely cannot throw in that towel. I believe in, like, you know, athletes, uh, actors, everybody. When you love your craft, I mean, it's messed up to say sometimes, but you will give it all for the craft. You put it above everything. And Apollo looked at him and said... Do not throw on that towel. Apollo did not want him. Apollo wanted to fight that match, and however it ended, it ended. But he wanted to fight it like a man, and that wasn't Rocky's position to play God. And uh, Rocky made the right decision. You do not throw on that towel. Yeah, yeah. He looks you in the eye and says, "Do not do this." That's his legacy. That's his. You know, that's his call. So I, I agree with Bill. Um, before we continue and just tally up these votes, Mel Keith, I love birthday shoutouts. Happy 60th birthday to Raging Bull Manny Fernandez. Happy 60th birthday to Manny Fernandez. Raging Bull, Bull reference. I'm sorry, Bill. I said happy birthday, Manny. Yeah, Manny Fernandez, 60 years young. God bless you. Uh, I have a take on this, guys. I want to. I'm going to tally up your votes, guys. While I ramble away, it gives you a chance to keep logging in your votes and give us your explanations as to why Rocky should or shouldn't have thrown in the towel when Apollo was fighting Ivan Drago. Guys, Carmine and Bill. I mean, I'm. I look at it this way. There's a shot. There's a sequence. This isn't like the screenwriter and me trying to get all detailed, but there's a shot of Rocky's of the towel gradually dropping when Apollo is gradually dropping after Ivan Drago hits the death blow. And to me, that's a cop out because it's letting me know that he was too little, too late. So it's almost like Rocky didn't. Rocky could not have been in a worse position because now he went back against. His word, he did drop the towel never be too late, but he did drop it, but it was too late. So wow. it's like now, look at and you know the next sequence of shots during There's No Easy Way Out. Now we understand why there's so much guilt. The timing was off when he dropped the towel, right? Do you think there's any chance, Avi, that he drops that towel just to save his ass? Just, hey, I dropped it. You know, I did drop it, right? He saw- I don't think Rocky's that kind of a guy. He saw Apollo going down. He goes, let me drop it now so I can tell people oh. I it's a good question, but what what is Bill? What do you think about? Wow, that 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 makes me now think. That's a great. Like it was a great. Like I'm really as you're doing it, I'm watching it happen. Yeah, but now I'm thinking about it different. So like maybe yeah, I don't know. And you guys are both uh, people who've been in front of the camera. Carmine's a good, a great actor as well, guys. The raw motion for, from Duke. Apollo's trainer, when he goes, throw in the towel! Throw in the... Like, you could just tell the pain. Oh, you could see the veins and the sweat. Throw in the towel, Rock! That's why Duke didn't have the towel. Because... So who who was more emotionally attached to to Apollo? Rocky or Duke? 
Oh, wow. I never thought of that either. That's why you did Duke, if Duke had it, we would have never got to that point. Not so to the Rocky point. Because Rocky's a fighter. Rocky understands what it was. Rocky and Apollo been in the trenches together. They tried to kill each other to make the point of who was going to win or who wasn't going to give up. Such a good so point. If we would have gave that towel to, to Duke, that thing would have been over. So Apollo knew when he gave that towel, he gave it to the guy that was going to let him fight this out. I know. I promise you. And Carmine can attest to this. I'm a Rocky. No, I've never thought about that. Carmine, did you ever? I never. I never no, that is a, a beautiful point. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, I'm, good. Point I'm good. Which is even more, <laughs> even more reason why Rocky knew he couldn't throw it in. Right. But yeah, he came to me for a reason. So, yeah. The people have spoken, and you guys count. You guys make this show run, and we appreciate that. From Jim, Rocky the fighter versus Rocky the person in that case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh Johnson, Rocky four, no towel thrown in. Apollo's own fall, Drago's a killer from Josh Johnson. Oh, wow. Strong points. I love your passion, guys. From William Reese, he should have thrown in the towel. He knew he was licked. If I was the wife of Apollo, I would sue him in a wrongful death suit. Interesting point from William Reese. Uh, William Wilson. No towels, it's no quit, period. Uh, from, from Jim again, he's a fighter, warrior, and rock and Creed were warriors. That's what Creed wanted. His call from Apollo Creed himself. Uh, Mel Keith, I wouldn't throw in the towel. Fight hard, fight fast, fight for love and faith from Mel Keith. Uh, it is a consensus. Michael Barr, Apollo. Michael Barr, thanks for always chiming in, buddy. I really appreciate it. Well, Apollo was a friend. Asked him not to, so Rocky made the right call. Very good point. From Jim, Rocky knew that Apollo would never forgive him if he threw in the towel. Guys, all these comments. This is amazing. You guys are amazing, man. Uh, Adam Robert shouldn't have or he'd never have had the motivation to beat Drago. Plus, Apollo wanted to keep going. He stood by his friend, just like Bill said. Is, Tony Stark, nope, right call. Uh, once again, Carmine and Bill are 2-0. and oh. They are. Man. You guys have spoken. 2-0. Oh. Man, that was, I'm going to be thinking about I might go watch Rocky again, though. Yeah. 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 This was an excuse to actually have you guys watch Rocky. Any Anytime I know anyone's watching Rocky, makes me pretty happy. Hits me right here. Uh, next one, throw it to Bill. Rocky should or shouldn't have been okay with Paulie during his 1985 walking robot in Rocky IV when Paulie turned the walking robot into an alluring sex kid. If you – it's like – it's – so that how that makes the how whoever convinced <laughs> that's like that's like watching dog day afternoon <laughs> and, and a robot coming out and them turning into a sex kitten. Yeah, <laughs> Stallone that this was the way to go, and to me that was the most. <laughs> It had nothing to do with anything. And it yeah. was part of the movie. No. And it was like people were like emotional, like, like they were fired up about that was the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. And the fact that that's a question is I don't what's the question? I'm mad enough. What's the question? Should Rocky have stopped him? Should Rocky have stopped Paulie for turning that robot into kind of like this alluring sex kitten with that female voice that the robot had in Rocky Four? He went from buying a new hat. To a new jacket to buy a robot that his brother in law turned into a sex kid. He should have beat that. He should have put it in, on fire in front of Paulie and said, You can go back and work for, for God. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Bill. Honestly, tell us how you really feel. He was wrong for letting that happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
Carr, do you concur? Absolutely. Rocky should have nipped that in the butt. Because if you guys think about it, the robot was a foreshadowing of Polly wasting Rocky's money. Because then in Rocky Five, it goes go to and Polly bigger fries. Polly loses the whole house. But Polly doesn't waste Rocky's money in Five. Polly signs over the power of attorney. Well, that's what I mean. Well, Polly's decision with the money. Yeah. What you know, Polly was not the guy to be handling anything with Rocky. <laughs> And I think him buying that robot in Rocky Four is a precursor to the fact that Polly should have been furthest away from Rocky's money as possible. So Rocky, the second he starts seeing Polly's buying robots, he should, hey, Polly, you got to relax, you know? And he should have cut Polly off a little bit from how much power. Plus, you, and this one I want to bring up. I mean, this wasn't brought up yet, but in Rocky Four, even, even though we find out that by the end of Rocky Four into Rocky Five, his son ages about 20 years too, too soon. Yeah, yeah. real quick. <laughs> He grew up quick, really did. He matured, but Rocky Four, he's about six years old, and he's got this robot talking to him, you know, in that that voice, that Playboy kind of voice. And I'm like thinking to myself, man, Paulie, come on, Uncle Paulie. <laughs> that that I don't know, had man. wrong written all over it. I don't even know. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Uh, we have Michael Barr saying, should not have. It did not fit Rocky Balboa as Rocky the boxer with a robot. Yeah, Bill said that. Bill was alluding to that. Yeah. Uh, Josh Johnson, Carmine's right. Paulie was a jinx to Rocky's career. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Jim Elmer, when I when I originally saw the robot in Rocky Three, I thought the franchise jumped the shark, so to speak. I'm very glad that I was wrong. Uh, from William Reese, Paulie was the pimp to that robot. Paulie pimped that robot out. Yeah, he did. You guys voted Adam. Adam Robert Paulie getting a lot of heat. So Paulie's getting a lot of heat tonight. Really and we love Polly. I mean, Polly throughout the movies redeemed himself. He's so Jersey in New York about us. We'll dog someone and go, well, we love the guy, though. We love him. <laughs> Probably the most loyal guy in Rocky's life. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, his wife. Great character. Great character. Because it's layered. Nowadays with characters, they just want to, they, they just kind of give you one or the other. And this is like layered. So, yeah, Polly could be. And, and if, yeah, if you, yeah. If you know someone like that, it's just. You know, you're from Jersey. You know people like that. I have, you're from I have Jersey. people like that. You're from Jersey. We're from New York. I yeah. know a, a plethora of people like that. It's right around the corner. So you got you to gotta help them. Absolutely. Who else would analyze like the robot who had one scene the way we do, guys? Who else would analyze It's, it's the most disturbing. Can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> I never liked it. And I, even as I'm older, like, you know what? A lot of movies, there'll be bad things in movies you love and you have a soft spot for them. I still don't like the robot. No? Okay. Uh, from Jim, Carl Weathers did not want to have Cree die, but in hindsight, better he died in Rocky Four because he didn't have to be in Rocky Five. And you know what, man? Rocky Five gets a bad rap. We'll talk about that uh, in a couple of weeks. We'll bring up the, we'll the topic. That's of Rocky your favorite Five. Rocky movie, Av. I know you're offended by that. I, I love Rocky Five for reasons that people are, aren't privy to. You are, but I'll bring that up later. It's not about me. It's about you guys. It's about Carmine. It's about Bill DeMott. Uh, the next one we have here, we got a couple more of these. I'll throw it to Bill. Rocky Balboa should or shouldn't have done that caveman commercial in the beginning of Rocky II that makes Adrian look at him like a complete and total fool. Absolutely do the commercial. <laughs> set, set the tone that it's only going to get better from here. That set, It was like watching um, uh, it was like watching a young Bill DeMott try to cut a promo in Madison Square Garden. No, come not, on. It did not fit. It should have never fit. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. And the people acted accordingly. Him doing that commercial 
justified. It, 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 to me, it endeared Rocky because you knew what he was trying to do. Yeah. He was trying, and people were leading him that road, but he was trying to be, he was trying to better himself. Sure. But he had, if, if you can do all that in front of your chick and your chick stays with you, winner, winner, chicken dinner. So well said. So yeah. well said. Wow. I, I, in my case, I would have been divorced before I was married if I was doing that commercial in front of my wife. Uh, Carmine, your yes. take on this. He absolutely has to do the commercial because sometimes in life, you need to try something else to know that you were born to do the other thing. Like, so he had to fail at acting and realize, yo, I'm a fighter. What the hell am I doing? I Very good point. I'm sorry, Adrian. So he Very good point, Carmine. Had to take that commercial. Really, really, really good point. Uh, for Michael Barr... Uh, in a way, took Balboa to a different level because I guess, again, he, he was trying to follow suit with what athletes do when they are thinking about retiring. And I guess it, it humanized him too a little bit. It kind of humanized. That was yeah. the moment where you kind of felt bad for Rocky for the first time. But why wouldn't he try to be a commentator? Isn't that what boxers do? Why would he go straight for the, let me try to do commercials? And I don't know. I guess it wasn't offered to him. That spot wasn't offered. Yeah. And by the way, Apollo Creed at that point was doing commentary. He was doing it with sure. Jack, Jack Lance. Uh, Johnny, Josh Johnson, Tommy Morrison was in five. He nearly put Rocky out. Old vet versus young gun scenario. Adam, I believe this is a, uh, you guys are interacting with each other. And I love that back and forth with one another too. That's pretty cool. Um, this is the last one that we have guys. Um, we, we finished it up. The la the latter mentioned Rocky should or shouldn't have is finished up. You guys played along. Bill and Carmine made this game go. You guys voted. You guys decided, uh, Adam Robert, one of my all time favorite lines in film histories in that Rocky Gazzo. Hey, Rock, you ever think about investing in condominiums? And, Rock, I got to be honest, I never really used them. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is when Gazzo's uh, punk uh, punk uh, guy there, I guess he was kind of his assistant, told Rocky, hey, take Adrian to the zoo. Well, he did because he married her in the zoo. That's where he proposed her. That's where he proposed her, yeah. One of my Sweet. favorite lines is when he's walking the, the girl back home, telling her she's better than that, and he gets her all the way home, and he's dropping the knowledge, and, <laughs> no, you can't do this, and you do you you. You'd be good and all this stuff. And, hey, Rock, yeah, screw you. That's the best line. That's uh, Little Marie. That's so great. Who is so that? Great. Little Marie. Well, that was her character name, Little. And she says uh, Creepo, right? Screw you, Creepo. Or... Screw you, Creepo. She sits hey. there for the whole thing. Yeah, thanks, Rock. Okay, you'll be able to do this. Hey, Rock, yeah, screw you, Creepo. And they brought her back. <laughs> they brought Little Marie's character back to Rocky Balboa. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Bal Rocky Five took Balboa back to his roots. I agree wholeheartedly. This is Little from uh, Jim. Last-minute vote. Doing the commercial gave actress Linda Grace some movie time. Yeah, she was right. in that. That's right. You're right about that. Didn't know that, actually. Adam Robert, she comes back in Rocky Six. Uh, Little yeah. Marie comes back. Carmine said that. Guys, I'm gonna I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign off first. I'm going to have Carmine sign out after me, and Bill will close out the show solo. I appreciate everything you guys bring to the table. I appreciate Bill DeMott, uh, everything he brings to the table, guys. We have a lot of fun. We talk about serious topics. We covered everything from Rocky. We covered everything from Rocky all the way to payoffs in professional wrestling. Uh, the foundation that Bill was kind enough to talk about as well and share his lights based on his own personal experiences. Everything we do over here, guys, is diverse enough, but you've chimed in and made this show tick in week two already. We appreciate that. I'll be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern time, maintaining the truth with Paul Roma. And next week, we'll be back again at our normal time, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, episode number three of Face Value with Bill DeMott and yours truly, Avi Klein. Guys, take it away. Love. You're the best, Avi. God bless.
Avi, you the man. Bill, very good chatting with you. Anytime I can talk about Rocky and movies and, and listen to wisdom and everything you talked about and the charity and you just talk about very real things and um, in a very authentic way. Um, I enjoyed every every minute of it, and I hope everybody at home, you know, listens. I says, I mean, you're you're a very smart dude. Um, thanks for having me on here. I'll see you guys. I love all of you. I'll be Klein, baby, for president. Thank you, Carmine. All right, brother. Unbelievable, Carmine. I mean, what what do you say? Um, what an what an honor. And a lot of people go, what an honor to be here and all these things. But I I know I'm going to come back. Very happy to hear from all of you guys. Everybody who chimed in today, and I say chimed in in a respectful way, who got involved, thank you. It's an honor to be on the podcast and on the show with Avi Klein, who gives you the platform and opens the doors for you to talk about anything and everything. And again, it's just opinions, right? It's just so if we can keep it light and we can take your mind off of the the new normal, um, then that's what it's all about. And we get to share and you get to learn about us. And we get to learn about you guys as well. Carmine is so talented, man. The way he opened the show with that with dropping those 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 lyrics and everything. What a great guy to add now to my to my Rolodex and, and to the Demont uh, Demont clan. Uh, I look forward to doing a lot of things with Carmine. But Abby's the man who gives us all this opportunity, who makes us all um, old old kind of retired guys relevant again. Um, knowing that we still have something to offer. And, and it, I say it like this, I have nothing to offer you but what I know. Uh, I'll speak to you from the heart. I like to have a lot of fun, and, and I don't mind getting serious once in a while. But what an opportunity. Um, guys from Right Guard, Avi's your guy. Avi's your guy. Listen to me close. Michael Barr, thank you very much. William Wilson, always good. Come and like my Facebook page, at the Bill DeMott. Noah, thank you. Um, follow us on social media. Again, for everybody who asked earlier about how to donate to the foundation, you can simply go to www.thecarriandemotfoundation.com. Scroll to the bottom of the front page. There's a donate button. It'll lead you through it. Um, God bless you all. Everybody be safe in this weather. Uh, everybody in the South talking about hurricanes and everything else. Remember, this too shall pass. Stay moving forward. If we stay moving forward, we have momentum. God bless you all. I'll see you soon.